Hello, everybody. This is Harry Caruso of Car Wash Advisory here with Kyle Doyle, founder of Ignite Wash. And we are very excited today to have Kyle on the show to discuss car wash sales operations and everything that goes into it. Thank you for joining us, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me, Harry. I'm super excited. Oh, as are we, as are we. And we have a tremendous amount to cover today, and we're going to try to make this as concise as possible. But I suppose first and foremost, what would be most helpful, Kyle, is if you would share with the listeners a bit about yourself, the background, uh, Ignite Wash, and all the extensive industry experience you have. Sure, sure. So I grew up in the car wash industry. Uh, we had a we had a family car wash, Long Island, New York, full serve. Um, in 1980, my father started CompuWash, and we made one of the first tunnel controllers. People remember maybe data tracks and CompuWash. So we, it blew up at the 1980 ICA show. Um, and he had an electrical engineering business that grew into CompuWash. He got rid of everything else and, and focused on He loved car washing, still does. He's 80 years old and still in tunnels. Um, in fact, he fell off a ladder recently and we yelled at him that he should not be on ladders and tunnels. So, um, so grew up in it, grew up around tunnel controllers, um, when I got involved in the family business, I went to my first ICA show when I was 16, loved it, fell in love with just entrepreneurship and, and like, dad, you mean we could just like make stuff up, like make new products and people might buy them? Like, this is fun. Like, what what should we make for the next trade show? Like, it was just fun to be creative in, in that aspect. Um, realized we're starting to fall behind in the point of sale world. We had the tunnel controllers. We did a lot of motor control centers. So I, I created the first software as a service cloud-based point of sale. At the time, there was, you know, if you had DRB or ICS at the time, you had to kind of dial into your computer um, remotely to get reports and things like that. So we came up with this cloud-based uh, point of sale software. And then I sold that to, to Paul Fazio at Sunny's in 2008 uh, into 2009. I did some marketing consulting for a couple of years. Um, started car wash tv which was fun we sold advertising for it it was car it was video content for car wash owners and operators um fell in love with video through that uh got hired to do some bigger fortune 500 kind of stuff which was really fun traveled the world and we shot projects in china and tokyo and europe and the desert in uh the, the coolest one was uh, a 66 a radio telescope array in the atacama desert in chile uh, at 16,000 feet and we had this like global CEO come out there, uh, super fun. But so I looked with great memories, but but I really did miss car wash. I missed the scale of car, like like building product in car wash. I missed like how tangible it was, uh, product was. And I, I, you know, this may sound weird, but like every time I get my car wash, like the smell of the tunnel, like it just brings you back to like childhood, you know? Um, and so I really wanted to come back. Uh, I started talking to a friend, Mike Shulman at Russell Speeders. Um, he wound up making me an offer. This is the start of COVID. Um, I start working for, for Mike and Russell Speeders. I was the VP of uh, marketing and customer experience, uh, that they sold to uh, new mountain capital. They become semi wash holdings. And I kind of transitioned out this past, uh, early, early summer, late spring. That's a lot of experience in this space. <laughs> and where are we yeah, now, yeah. Kyle? What's going so, on? Yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the things we realized is that there were all these groups trying to build kind of in-house homegrown salesperson management tools. Um, and I saw a big opportunity to address the need that seemed kind of invisible. Like everybody. So, okay. So we go back, we had all these lab this labor back in the day and then gates and pay stations come out and then membership. And it's like, oh, this is great. 
Labor is the worst. Let's get rid of all these people. We don't need them anymore. We'll just sell it to PayStation. And it sounded great, but I think the pendulum swung too far in that direction. And I think everybody else realized that too, because everybody started putting salespeople out by the PayStation. I call them like kiosk hangers. But, but there were no systems designed for those people. And so now you have just this lack of transparency into what's being said, how many cars are we actually you know, presenting to, um, who are my best salespeople, who are my worst, how do I train them, how do I get them to be better? Um, and there are great, great consultants in our industry that will do that, but it's very difficult to, to implement that in, at scale and also over time. You know, they, the results of that, and I was a consultant and I could speak from experience that you get frustrated because over time, it's very hard to implement these things long-term. And so I really saw an opportunity to build a system designed for salespeople and for sales operations. Um, and so kind of kind of convinced my friend, uh, Craig Vela, to be my partner. He's brilliant. He's, he's an amazing developer. And he was actually able to take some of, some of the ideas that I came to the table with. And then he added even more. And so we built this, this super, super exciting product um, that is a sale, car wash salesperson platform. And it really touches on sales operations in, in general. So those are, those are the broad strokes. There's a lot. There's a lot here, and it's tremendously <laughs> exciting. In terms of the market, uh, any specific wash types that this applies to? So, and yeah, it, it, yeah, it's it's really about increasing membership. So it's selling members. So it's Express Exterior. Um, now, member count, we look at as a proxy for impact. The real impact is dollars and cents. It's monthly recurring revenue. MRR is something that we really look at. I don't really care that you have X number of members. I care what's your MRR each each month because, hey, maybe a lot of those were promos. Maybe they're churning out at a really high rate. Like, what do we do to actually increase sales? You don't go buy your home with members. You need dollars and cents. So how do we increase the sales, the actual impact, bottom line? Um, and so I think that's really our focus is MRR, member count, recurring revenue, um, and really, we do that by focusing in on conversion rate, like really being obsessed with how many retail customers you're converting to membership. Um, and and we look at, even in conservative numbers, a 1% lift in net conversion rate equals about $95,000 in gross revenue over time. Now, you're not going to see that. That cohort is going to be there for four or five years. You know, those members are going to, some of them are going to be around. So I'm not saying you see that overnight. But what we see is a tremendous impact in 12, 24, 36 months when you are focused on sales today. And I think some of the best groups in the industry that are, are sales-focused organizations, they get that. I just think they had to build all of this stuff internally to figure this out on their own, whereas we, I, I feel like we should be able to offer a platform that they can build their own internal stuff on top of to amplify, you know, their customer experience and their operations. That makes sense, Kyle. And and I, for the audience listening, I had the pleasure of meeting Kyle a couple of weeks ago, and I became very excited for what Ignite Wash is offering because uh, the pain point being addressed here is something that we experience very frequently at Car Wash Advisory when owners come to us, uh, which is the question of, and I believe, and Kyle, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. The 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 pain point I see Ignite Wash solving is how do I get my sales up? And it's and it's very tangible. It's very with your current customer yeah. base, your current cars you're washing, your current demographic. How do I get the numbers with the dollar signs in front of them higher? Yeah. So what what we hear a lot is 
people looking for all-star salespeople. And traditionally, there was there's a lot of them out there, and that's great. But our, our core insight is that it's the, the performance is coming not from all-star salespeople. It's coming from an all-star sales system, right? So that sounds kind of salesy. But what it means is that the important thing is to present to every single car, to keep the foot on the gas. You win on cloudy days, not sunny days. Like sunny days, yeah, everybody's going to sell. But the problem is, is that we're all churning members, right? They're churning every day. That's just the nature of our business, unfortunately, is that we have extremely high churn rates. So if you're not selling on the cloudy days, you may not realize it, but if you look deep, and, and our software reports on how many you're losing each day, but if you look deep, you might have lost 15, 20 today. If you didn't sell 15 to 20 today to, to get back to net zero at least, now you're moving backwards. And we see that with a lot of, of operations is, I plateaued, I hit this number and I can't get past it. And a lot of times it's just because there's not a system to shine a light on two, two big things. Do I have a salesperson there or a CSA there for all the cars? And then when they are there, are they actually presenting to everybody? Because the problem, I love pay stations. I love the, the ability to, hey, you can go to lunch. I don't need to fill it in. Like it's still okay if, if somebody's not there. But the problem is that it enables the salesperson or the CSA to kind of take a step back and just let the customer press the buttons. And now I'm paying for a, a CSA or a salesperson, but I don't know how many cars each day they're presenting to. Um, and so that's really, and maybe it makes sense to just explain the the kind of the, the physicality of our solution. So it's not a POS. Um, it works with other POS and it could be a pay station. It could be a, a POS terminal. And we, we do a, a tablet. Um, it's just a, you know, a tablet in an industrial case. And then we do these little mini slideshows. So we do a branded slideshow for each customer and it's going to walk. And we have our own ideas about scripts and, you know, the right presentation. But honestly, like there's multiple ways to, to skin a cat. And so there's, there's different methodologies. And so we work with what the style of the brand is and so on. But anyway, it's a few slides. When the, when the salesperson or the CSA hits launch slide slideshow, we begin recording that event. And so as they're swiping, as they're talking, we're recording who the salesperson was logged in, the date and time, the length of that presentation, and we record the audio of the salesperson. We can't really hear the customer. It's just optimized to hear the salesperson nearby. Um, there are two-party states that we would turn that off for um, in, in the U.S., but most states are one-party states, so you, you can you can get away with that. Uh, we have all the CSAs opt in to that. Okay, so now we're recording the session. Through a POS integration, we can see how many transactions there are and what happened. And so now what we do is we link that sales session data of the slideshow. We link it with the actual POS transaction in that particular lane that they're in. And so now we've got some powerful stuff. We know what was pitched and what happened. So now in between cars, when the CSA is looking at their tablet, they don't see the slideshow, they see their dashboard. And in near real time, they see what their conversion rate is for today. They see what their dollar per car is for today. They see what their customer engagement is for the day. Are you engaging all the customers that you see? Um, they see a leaderboard of all the other salespeople in their company and at other locations, what they're doing today. They can look at everybody else's conversion rate over the last seven days and the last 30 days. So now there's a very social aspect to for that CSA to see their performance right in front of them on the on the dashboard and to compare themselves to everybody else. And we find that 
once you get a tipping point of like five, six, seven users in that system, different CSAs, it really amplifies that kind of social aspect or maybe a loss aversion of, I don't want to be on the bottom. Like when I get into this role, I got to perform because like, I don't want John over here to give me a hard time or I want to show, you know, Pete that I, I sold as many as he did. What we realized then kind of accidentally, but this is gamification. Like, and then I started reading about gamification and you realize that it's just about intrinsic motivations. It's about constant feedback loops. And constant feedback loops is what a video game is, right? We're constantly, oh man, I just I just lost. Um, and so gamification is bringing those gaming elements into a non-gaming you know, application. So what we do is, okay, let's live into that. We saw overnight improvement in conversion rate when we introduced the leaderboard. Immediately, people were like, oh, I didn't realize he was doing that many. I got to pick up my game. And again, it's not like a harder sell. It's just all of those gaps, I can't I can't take my foot off the gas. I actually have to be there. I have to present. Um, so then we added points and you get points every time you sell a membership and we can configure it to top retail package every time you use the tablet, all these different things, you're getting points. Then based on your points, you, we give you badges. So you start off in our system as a recruit, then you go to rookie, uh, cadet, apprentice, expert, master, legendary. Your avatar frame around your picture changes to be more elaborate. Um, and then we give you rewards. There's a marketplace built into the system. So you can opt in, the salesperson or the CSA can say, okay, I'm gonna choose a $10 Amazon gift card. And now in their dashboard, they see how close they are to that. And each time they get points, they're getting closer to that. And it's a simple thing. We fulfill the order, we send out the, the gift card. It goes all the way up to a PlayStation 5 and iPad and TV, um, but it's just enough. And, and and look, they need, it's with, with the owner, we talk about, hey, how many points should they be required? How many members do they really need to sell to get that? But if somebody sells like 500 memberships, like give them a PS5, like that's super valuable to your organization. And so we kind of do that for you so you don't have to like worry about that. So all of those gamification elements, I think really just made the salespeople more intrinsically motivated as opposed to extrinsically motivated where I have to like hit you over the head and like, why aren't you selling it? Now that it's transparent, now that we all see what's going on, just that simple fact now just makes people perform at a more consistent level. It's almost like, uh, not to get too existential, but it's almost like a panopticon effect, right? Yeah. In terms of that prison experiment that was done. It, it, uh, yeah, it, it, exactly. And now because we have this dashboard and this tablet in front of them, we could do cool things. So we have a message center through the app. So now we created something called CoachBot, which is just an AI coach and he sends a message thread when your conversion rate is low, when we think you should be performing a little bit better, but also to pat you on the back. When you hit another 50 members, you change ranks, you just hit a new personal record for members sold in the day. And the great part about CoachBot is he is sending this thread, but he's looping in our human coaches. So we have now human coaches that are looking at all these messages and CoachBot says, hey, you know, Harry, your conversion rates, you know, not so good today here's some tips on how you might improve. And now the human coach could now, knowing being a human, they could like kind of like start sending some things in. But we're, we're doing some chat GPT things now where we've transcribed all of our training material and chat GPT, we created a custom GPT. And so now it has all of that. And we could say, hey, chat GPT, tell this salesperson something um, using CoachBot's voice, take something 50 words or less from our training material that might help him increase his conversion rate. 
And it's like scary how good the language is. Like it sounds like me. It sounds like me sending a message. So what, what that does is it leverages the code to make coaching easier. So now instead of having a coach who has to go through reports, okay, next client reports, how are they doing? Okay, yeah, no. Okay, next. Who, who? CoachBot initiates all of these messages, both the pats on the back and the redirection. And now all our coach has to do, and and and, and if there's a sales manager at the group or, or whatever, now they could just chime in. Hey, yeah, good job. Uh, yeah, okay, you, you got this two more and you'll hit that conversion rate. So now it's no longer searching for who should I message CoachBot is telling you to message, and, and it just makes the process much more efficient so that we can give very high-level coaching without charging, you know, a million bucks. Sure, sure, Kyle, and that makes complete sense. So I think one of the things from a more technical basis that's so exciting is the fact that you're using cutting-edge tech throughout the stack of what you're offering. But yeah. could you maybe talk a bit for the listeners about, uh, despite the cutting-edge tech being used throughout, what about the ease of use and adoption? Yeah, like it, it yeah, it this can't be complicated. Like it has to be something. So like and, and and I'll speak like you know, like look, I don't want to be overly salesy, right? So it's like for somebody who wants to build a sales system, like it has to be simple enough where so a lot of groups we talk to rotate the CSA into the role. There's not some people have dedicated salespeople who are like hopefully they're all stars, but a lot of them rotate in like their top three or four people. And maybe they do two hours at a time or an hour at a time or something like that. And I think when you think about scale, when you think about how difficult car wash has, has been to scale over, over the years, right? We're getting there, but there's still a lot of friction. How, how do you scale some of these things? And I think part of it is because a lot of it is just invisible. Like we need to make the invisible visible. And I think for somebody, you know, who's trying to build a sales system, it's like you have to come up with a way to know what's actually happening out there. And the POS reports, you you can do that kind of thing, but it has to be, so our slideshow is meant, they don't have to memorize it all because the slide has text on it, has headers, right? It has like headlines. They could just read it. Uh, okay, I'm not sure what comes next. Well, don't worry, just swipe right and that's what comes next. And then you kind of read that part of it. So it becomes easier for somebody who's not an all-star salesperson. Um, and I think the other thing is not getting overly concerned with the script. Like some people, and we talked to them and I think I was, of this mind too. It's like, I got the perfect script. And then when they say this, you say this. And if they say that, then I say this. And it gets so complicated that that's not the thing that like makes sales work. What makes sales work is presenting to every single car. Have a good script. I'm not saying it doesn't make a difference. I'm just saying that 80% of the impact is going to come from just presenting to every car. Make it simple enough and, and incentivize, you know, I think incentives are also really important, like pay these people, like give them good commissions, because if you get five, six, seven, 8,000 members, like you got enough money to share with the salesperson, a little extra on the commission, it's worth it. Um, now you got to find that right balance for your market. But um, I think it's got to be simple enough. And the commission should be generous to them. That reflects the value you're going to gain as an operator. Sure. Sure. And so speaking of value to the operator, so to take a step back here, right, everything that you're describing, Kyle, makes complete sense. And the, the tagline for the owners, the managers is more sales, more top yeah. line equals more bottom line. Let's It's that simple. Talk to us a bit, if you would, about uh, the 
on the grounds interpretation of this sentiment towards this, how do the people doing the selling feel when they adopt this? Yeah, we were really nervous, especially since the audio piece, like, but it's funny, the audio has been the least important thing in this whole process. Like, I really didn't expect that. The gamification has been the thing. Like, that's the thing that's made the difference. And it's not, it's all just a little, it, I think it's really just the transparency to them that I, it's a feedback loop. It's like, oh, my conversion rate's 4% today. They didn't know that before. Like, we literally have a client where great salesperson, he was keeping track of his sales on blue masking tape and a Sharpie on the back side of the pay station. And then the owner would ask, and, and there's a lot of groups like this, hey, salesperson, how many members do you have? To, how many sales did you have today? Now they're like cross-referencing the POS report. It's like, this is crazy. Like there has to be a better way to keep track of that. And so the salespeople, like, look, they're, they're not going to love being reminded all the time that, hey, I need you to sell. Uh, but they like the fact that they know what the score is. I think of, I like that metaphor of the quarterback on the sidelines with the, with the offensive coordinator looking at the tablet. What just happened on that last series? This is in-game management. So it's not at the end of the week, oh, wow, our conversion rate wasn't good this week. It's 11 a.m. and our conversion rate's not so good for today. Like, what are we doing about it? Um, there are no excuses, right? So we kind of teach people there's no excuses. Like, all we care about is presenting. We're not going to judge you. If the conversion rate winds up not being good today, don't worry about it. Just present to everybody. As long as you do that, we, we talk about Babe Ruth and Michael Jordan and, and all these great athletes that, you know, they were the best of the best. They struck out all the time. They miss shots all the time. Like, that's okay. Just present to every customer and things will take care of itself. Our thing, like, again, this is not like rocket science, right? Like, we're not open AI doing this, like, brain surgery stuff. But it's accountability. It's transparency. And that alone, if we had none of the gamification stuff and the marketplace and all this other stuff, just transparency makes the world a difference to, to the end user. And they love it. Like they, I mean, look, some of them, you know, some of them we remind more than others. They get more coach bot messages than others. But by and large, when we start doing the gamification stuff, they like, you know, I've got all these just great testimonials that eventually we'll put up on the website of just how much improved they felt. We have salespeople that were at other car wash companies and now they go to this car wash and it's like, this is so cool. Like I never had this before. Like I never knew what my conversion rate is or what my lifetime member count was. Um, so it, it's really interesting from that perspective to see the, the, the end user, the salesperson, you know, kind of reacting to it. This is all very interesting, Kyle. And I think one of the things that stands out to me is that it will, let me put it this way. It resonates with me because I've experienced this in my own past lives and current lives in terms of, uh, there's, you know, somebody could look at this software offering, this product offering and say, uh, well, this is just going to be a way to further isolate people who are maybe poor performers or are struggling in their role. Uh, and what I have found is that despite maybe that being the most immediate naturalistic thought process, what I've always found is that it, it actually happens in the opposite manner. And many a times uh, the recognition gained or potentially gained for the poor performers or who were poor performers actually elevates them to a new level more so than it does change the already highest performers. Not yeah, for, for sure. Now, in reading all the, the, the kind of academic research on gamification, 
there is that potential that the low performer is going to be demotivated by being on this big leaderboard where they're at the bottom. And so we're mindful of that. Look, we don't want to be, we're not used car salesmen that want to hit people over the head, sell, sell, sell. And, and that's what makes the scalable and repeatable is that it's not that. And so I think some of the things we've thought about is some of the bigger groups we're talking about where potentially that salesperson list and CSA list is going to be very long. We can break it into divisions. Like you have division one, division two, you have, you know, the east, west, south, north, and you might be lower in your division, but it's not like you're looking at yourself at the bottom of the list of a hundred. We could potentially, if somebody really doesn't like it, we could allow them to opt out. Um, I think the bottom line is we are trying to optimize this for people that respond to gamification, that respond to this type of motivation. Um, but we want to be mindful too, that we're not trying to be hit you over the head. You know, this is not boiler room. This is not Wolf of Wall Street, right? So we want this to be repeatable. And, and you know, again, like we really believe like the pendulum swung too far to no labor. Like people are important. Like human beings are important. And it's a competitive advantage for you to have good people. But I think, you know, you just need the systems to like empower those good people. So we're, we're, we're kind of being mindful of that. Um, but I think, I think you're right. By and large, we've seen none of that, you know, anecdotally, there's been none of that yet. Um, so, so we're really excited about that, that part of it. Sure. And this makes sense. And, and you know, I was, uh, I was listening to a wonderful podcast by, uh, Philip Dencar a couple weeks ago. And one of the things that he brought up was, uh, this concept of hard selling more often than not will lead to a larger churn rate. Oh, than absolutely. Yeah. more intrinsic uh, choice-making, right, yeah, from the yeah. consumer. Uh, I think that's really important that it's not something that you're not trying to force sales to people yeah. that otherwise wouldn't be interested. You're trying to illuminate. Yeah, and I feel like culture. Now, look, there are organizations out there that want to hard sell, and that's totally fine. And honestly, you look at some of them, and the churn rate is definitely higher, but they still wind up having more members despite the churn rate, right? So- I'm not saying, I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's like, what kind of organization do you want to be? If you want the highest rate, conversion rate, let's call it 25%, you know, the, the highest. You're hitting people over the head all day long. But my feeling is that take 15% to 20% and, and have people that are happy at work. I think that's the better company to build. And I also think there, there's also kind of invisible in, invisible effects of, are these people that you're hard selling? So you have two groups of customers, right? You have you have members and you have retail. What you hope is that the people who are no longer members, you know, they jump into the retail bucket and you retain their their revenue and their business. In the aggressive sellers, I think often those members they're they're so ticked off or or they don't like the they leave both buckets and now they're gone. You know, so I think that's the the danger that's unseen is that when you get overly aggressive. Um, yeah, your churn goes up, but you're also, it's harder on employees. It's harder on managers. It's harder on customers. I, I just don't think it's personally, and, and there are people that, you know, want to do it, but personally, I don't see it as the sustainable model for a, a scaling organization. Sure. Sure. Kyle, that makes complete sense. So putting rubber to the road here in terms of, I am a multi-site owner, a single site owner, and I'm interested in potentially exploring Ignite Wash. Uh, does it matter what sort of POS I'm using? Does it matter what sort of tunnel controller I'm using? No, so so yeah, it, it's it's only the POS that we that we care about, and we have different tactics for kind of uh, integrating with all of them. And so 
um, yeah, we, we, it really, uh, even some obscure ones that we're kind of starting to work with a little bit. So our, 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 the data we're looking for is super simple. We're not like some of the other third parties that need to write to the database or do some of the more complex things. What we're looking for is very simple stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's not, it's not terribly difficult. It could be any pay station that you're using, any point of sale terminal that you're using. Um, and like I said, we have this algorithm that just matches the transactions, um, after the fact, knowing by, by timestamp. Kyle, is it correct? It stands on top of all of this. Yeah, exactly. So it has nothing to do, it, it, you know, we're, we're completely separate from the POS. We're not, we're not touching, we're not writing to the database or doing anything, you know, funky there. This makes sense. I guess, Kyle, just so I don't talk everybody's ears off here, uh, we'll start wrapping up. Is there anything that we want to share with the audience that we haven't gone over about Ignite Wash and everything you're doing? No, just, you know, one thing, and this is just for everybody, whether you use us or not, hiring people. I think we've found some really interesting things with hiring people. I think your ad is really important, sponsoring, because we help people recruit too. So sponsoring the ad, spending some money. Um, and there are these great new tools that do one-way videos. So you send it to the applicant and you say, hey, your next step, click here to conduct a one-way interview whenever you want. And we're going to ask you three questions. We ask them the three questions. And it's for us, it's an audition video. How well do they communicate? Uh, how, how do they speak? Do they seem trustworthy? You know, do, what, what's what's the vibe you get? Because that's the vibe the customer is going to get. Um, that just simple tool alone has made recruiting like much, much better. So I would recommend anybody looking for people, I think especially sales. I don't know if it applies to every you know role that we hire, but uh, it's been a, a really great find. So that'd be a good tip uh, for anybody looking to hire people. Sure. And does Ignite do anything with hiring? Yeah. So we'll help recruit. So it's, it's uh, you know, I think a relatively small fee. We'll do a round of hiring for you and we'll bring in, you know, salespeople as needed. We really want, so the philosophy here is we want this to be a system, not a tool. A tool is like a, a point, right? It's like, here's the tool, have fun, see you later. It's like, hey, sales is a problem that we need to all solve together. So let's let's look at the whole thing. Let's not look at just one piece of it. Let's get you the right people. Let's train them. Let's give them a tablet and some scripts and a slideshow. And then let's track it so that we can talk. You know, we try to talk to, to each every two weeks to our clients. Let's talk about what we're seeing and what's happening. And I think that overall system, that's the important piece. Like it's not any one point. That system becomes greater than the sum of its parts. An ecosystem sort of. Yeah. Right? A sales, sales needs to be the tip of the spear. Like that is the most important thing. And I, you know, it drives me crazy and I'll, I'll, I'll shut up after this. <laughs> so many operators, I did this myself. Have, you've probably done this too, Harry. You walk across the street from the car wash, right? And you watch it. You look at it. You look at the building. You look at the signs. You see all the people. You see the, the vacuum hoses wiggling in the air. And you look around. You see all this traffic. You're like, man, this is, this is a good traffic road. And you see all these people passing. And it's like, I want more people to try my car wash. You know, like, what? we need more people. And then you see this woman, she, she puts her blinker on. She's like, okay, here comes when she's pulling in. And it's like, as operators, we, we, we put millions of dollars into this site. And when the customer comes to give us their money, please take my money. We say, yeah, go press some buttons over there, lady. Uh, go talk to that person. I think they're trained. Like I spent 20 minutes with them like three months ago. Like it's so invisible, but it's such an important moment. Like we call it the moment of sale, like point of sales, the geography, the hardware, the moment of sales, that moment in time when their customer is ready to hand you money, 
and you want to have a design system to maximize, give them the best value. And, and that's the thing with membership, right? Like customers love it. Like they like being members. And so, but they need to be ex ed educated. They need to be explained what it is. So I just picture that being across the street, all of that work, but in that moment of sale, we need, we just need to put some resources into that moment. That makes sense to me. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of the audience. I think it's something that is so very, to your to your terminology, uh, invisible, but also just generally intangible. If you're not measuring it, it's certainly very hard to try to go upon improving it. Yeah. So Kyle, if anybody wants to contact you, what would be the best way for them to contact you about IgniteWash? Uh, you can go to our website, which is IgniteWash.com, or you can email me, uh, Kyle, K-Y-L-E, at IgniteWash.com. And for all the listeners, what we'll be sure to do is we'll include links uh, and all of that information in the description or whatever the commiserate is. Uh, and everybody who's listening, we can't thank you enough. Uh, this has been Harry Caruso of Car Wash Advisory and Kyle Doyle of Ignite Wash. And we thank you very much for listening and look forward to doing more of these soon. Thank you, Harry.